This is the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. Hey, 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 everyone, and welcome to the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about various news items, uh, some that are a couple of weeks old, but we're going to talk about them anyway. The first news item that we're going to cover is that the London Resort is potentially dead in the water. We're not quite sure. There might still be potential that it could go ahead, but in a much smaller scale, but we're going to talk a little bit about that. Bollywood Park in Dubai uh, has closed forever uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Sam's going to give us a little bit of insight about that closure and what might happen next. Also we're going to talk about some Disney deals for next summer. Looks like they're trying to attract some UK guests so they're offering some Disney dining deals. They're not bringing back free dining but it's it's almost, you know, it's kind of a bit like free dining but, but not quite perhaps. And finally, we're also going to talk about the fire uh, at Fantasmic. It looks like Disney have lost yet another dragon. Mickey has once again successfully slayed one of the dragons. So, you know, good work, Mickey. But I feel like the Imagineers might not be too pleased about it. But anyway, so we're joined tonight by Sam and also by Dan. How are you doing, Sam? Hello. Hi, Ryan. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Once again, in the pillow fort underneath my duvet in my little apartment place here in Abu Dhabi. So I am good. It's lovely to be back here. And it's been quite the eventful week. It's really been eventful. There's so much news. Yep, it's definitely been an eventful week. There's a lot going on. So I'm going to be really interested to talk about Bollywood Park and what's coming next. So that's going to be an interesting one. And we're also joined by Dan. How are you doing, Dan? Hello. Yeah, really good. Um, so yeah, I went to London with with my wife uh, last week. So we've come back from uh, seeing the Star Wars celebration, which was quite interesting. And we've got a, a few updates on the uh, the Disney Star Wars side of things. So that might be might be interesting to throw into your discussion points as well. Oh yeah. Well, let, let's kick off on that then. Yeah. So you went to the uh, Star Wars celebration uh, down in London, and you also met paging mr morrow i think it was uh from what i saw um so do you want to just tell people a little bit about you know what the star wars celebration is and what you saw and what you did what were the highlights and if there were any lowlights perhaps yeah absolutely so it's it's an interesting one every like year or two it's not really a set time uh they, they'll do like a big star wars celebration it can be anywhere it's usually in florida uh sometimes on the west coast um this time it was in london and i felt you know because it's in london it would be rude not to go uh so we we popped down there and it's basically just if you're into star wars in any way it's the place to be there's just thousands and thousands of star wars fans um and they they go all out like all the celebrities who who are associated with star wars will pop by a lot of them will do signatures and photos if you pay a bit of money uh, there's lots of stages, lots of announcements. Uh, they have a lot of Disney uh, people as well, Imagineers and um, execs all come down and make announcements about what's what's to come on the, the films and in the theme parks. Uh, so I've got a, a few bits and bats there. Uh, and yeah, some some other sort of peripheral people. So Paging Mr. Morrow was there, um, who's a, a YouTuber. So if you're into Disney YouTube channels, you've probably stumbled across him. He's a, a sort of quite a, a cheerful guy who just goes around all the parks, making making news updates. Uh, but he's lovely in real life, really nice guy, really like pleasant, happy to talk. Uh, he mentioned that he was going to Paris and he was he was telling us about the rides he was really looking forward to. Uh, so if you ever bump into him in a park, feel free to, to have a chat. He seemed to really appreciate it. Um, what did we do? Well, basically, some of the stage... Um, some of the stages we went to were really interesting. We went to the the, the Star Wars theme park announcement stage, um, and it basically just turned into like a forty five minute hard sell on the Star Cruiser, which I didn't really, I wasn't really thrilled by. 
but they did make uh, like a, an announcement that they were updating Star Tours uh, from next year with a whole host of new scenes as well. So that's quite exciting. Um, in terms of sort of the what wasn't so great, um, so one of the celebs who was there was Billy D. Williams. And he w- wasn't in a good state at all and shouldn't have been there. And he was on a stage and it was really uncomfortable because he, he, he obviously wasn't keeping up and he was really struggling. So I hope, I hope that's probably the last, last big, uh, big, big sort of get together he, he goes to. Um, but all the other celebrities were in really good form. Um, it was, it was nice speaking to the original Mon Montha, uh, and she signed some stuff for us. She was, she was cool. Um, but yeah, that was that was a quick summary. So, um, Dan, you mentioned there about they they talked about the Star Cruiser quite a lot. Um, did they ever mention any updates or anything that was coming that was new to the Star Cruiser or any kind of plans for the future? Or was it literally, as you say, like a timeshare sell? It, it was really uncomfortable, to be honest, because obviously from, from our perspective, we, we know what's going on with Star Cruise. We know it's not performing as it needs to perform because they're, 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 they're not fully booked and they're dropping some some sort of quiet periods from the calendar, aren't they? Um, and basically what they, were, what they were doing is they were giving us trailers, like new trailers for, um, for the hotel and describe like they, they had some people up on the stage describing what what you got to experience and why it was unique and how it added depth to uh, to the parks and it, they were talking about like um, some of the art that was involved and some of the performances and and they'd they'd created like bespoke things for this whole hotel experience and how unless you unless you 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 come and experience it you'll you'll never you know quite get the the same experience in the parks that you would otherwise get but to be honest from my side i just felt a bit annoyed by all this because i was i was thinking well you know very very few people are going to be able to afford this experience and it seems like a good chunk of the experience in the park has been diverted towards this hotel because uh, they were saying the hotel was was made at the same time as the parks and and it was all part of this unified experience um and that's why you need to you know you need to have this this amazing hotel experience with the with the star cruiser um and they were saying it had like the best guest experiences of, of, of like all of their their hotels on on site it, it was the one that that had the the best the best feedback but i sort of think that's probably because of the you know it's only going to attract a certain type of hardcore fan which is only going to rate great you know the experience very highly um but yeah it was just it was just a hard sell for 45 minutes and and i got a bit bored and frustrated with it all really yeah so it's a, a hard sell but for someone who a has to be quite a hardcore fan and b have quite a lot of money especially if they have a family but that's quite a good segue into one of the news items that we have which is uh it looks like Disney World seemed to be going after UK guests a little bit more than they have done for the last couple of years. Obviously, they they got rid of the free dining offer, which was always really, really popular with UK guests. I think when they got rid of uh, Disney Dining, we did say at the time, and they got rid of you know the transfers and other things that you like the free uh, memory maker and things like that. They they got rid of, and we did, we talked about at the time, you know. Does this mean that for UK guests, are they going to start thinking, actually, this is getting too expensive now. I'm not sure whether I can afford to go over to Disney World uh, or not. But it looks like they've started to launch uh, some new offers. They did kind of do this offer last year. uh, And I think you took advantage of one of these offers. But it seems the offer seems to be a little bit deeper than it was previously, perhaps. Depending on where you stay, it looks like they're offering... um, so if you book, so you have to book early and you have to book by July this year, basically. And it's for stays between January to December 2024. Uh, looks like they're offering uh, potentially up to $2,100 in dining and merchandise. I presume that the credit can be used for dining or merchandise interchangeably. And you can kind of make that decision. 
Also, you get the 14-day ticket for the price of seven, which you, you probably would expect anyway as part of the package. Also includes a memory maker worth up to $199 and up to $400 Disney gift card as well. So I had a look at the offers and it looks like generally you'll get $200 gift card. But if you book the flight through Disney, through DisneyPackages.co.uk, I think it is, then uh, you'll get up to $400. So actually double it. But I think most people will probably just book their flights separately uh to be honest so we'll just have to see with that one looks like um the offer is available for pretty much most of the resorts that i could see even seem to include some dvc resorts as well um like some of the dvc resorts at animal kingdom wilderness lodge etc uh, as far as i could see um if you stay in at um like sports for example then looks like the credit is is seven hundred dollars for for dining if you stay at uh, coronado springs for example like where where you're you're staying dan uh i think the offer was i think it was around fourteen hundred dollars uh dining credit then if you stayed in a deluxe resort then it was two thousand one hundred but as far as i could see that was only staying you'd have to stay in august or september i think it was um so yeah so it's quite quite an interesting offer looks like they're really going after uk guests particularly for the summer i understand that the summer months at disney world are are looking lighter and they have been looking lighter for the last couple of years um so what what do you think about these deals i mean for you dan would this would this tempt you to to book again for for next year um so we i think we managed to get a a few thousand dollars in in sort of added value from from our package that's this year that we booked um i'm not sure if we booked it last year or the year before we booked it ages ago now um so like i I guess in monetary value it doesn't look as though it's made a a massive difference and i think the the big thing is it locks you into a time frame which would be hard for us to go so it doesn't really impact me i'm glad that they're opening up offers to uk guests but i wish they'd bring back the the offers that they used to have because i think they were still better than than what they're proposing now i think in terms of our next steps um the next star wars celebration is in japan in a few years and i think steph and i my wife and i are looking at japan and thinking well hang on that's a really good excuse to go to japan and check out the disney there and go to star wars celebration at the same time and universal and all the other the other parks have got out there so that's probably what we're thinking of doing next it's funny isn't it i i think nothing really is gonna be able to compete to, to what the the dining offer gave especially to the uk market because what that did is turn essentially your disney holiday into what was a package all-inclusive deal it was so easy everything was there you checked in, you had your tokens, you knew how to use them, it was all done for you. However, what I really like about this new offer and deal they're putting out is that you've got a mixture between dining and merchandise, right? You can use that additional money um, as you wish, which is lovely because I think it adds a bit of flexibility. So if you wanna use it towards your dining to kind of semi-match what you had when you had the dining plan then then you could or if you if you want to prioritize merchandise more then you can use it there as well i think there's a flexibility there which is really nice and what it does is it makes the individual prioritize where and how they want to spend their time and their perks and benefits when staying on site so i really like that they're coming from an angle of flexibility and saying to the guests who are traveling all this way, this is what we're going to give you, but we're also going to give you the option to choose how you wish to spend it. Now, obviously it's still not as good as the dining deal, but as a middle ground of let's give you something back and we'll make it as flexible as possible. I think it's a really nice gesture. It's a, it's a really good point, Sam. Uh, the only worry I would have is say, cause Sometimes you you split up and you, you go different ways and it might be quite hard to keep tab on spend. So like you, you wouldn't want to be in a situation where 
you don't have enough money for that extra meal because someone's brought a massive teddy bear somewhere. Like, I don't know, for, for me, I just quite like the simplicity of, of, you know, the older, the older offer. Um, I, I know, I know it's less flexible, but the simplicity was the thing that I liked most about it. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. No, you're very right. I think in the wrong hands and with bad communication across your holiday and amongst your party, there could be some serious upset. So I think if you were to go for a package where you were going to use the flexible credit, then I would imagine you would have to have a discussion with the party that you were going with to be like, okay, what do we want to prioritize our, our money on our spend on? What are we going to spend on? And who is going to be in charge of making those decisions? Is one person going to hold on to the gift card and use it? Or are we all going to use it when we're all together? Yeah. See, they're definitely, you're, you're right. You're really right, Dan. There needs to be comms and communication there because otherwise it would it would be cause all kind of drama on holiday, I'd imagine. Also, the the Disney dining plan kind of created this kind of uh, community, though, didn't it? Uh, you know, videos and people talking about it uh, on Facebook groups. What's the best way of using my dining credit? How can I use my dining credit in a way that does this? And how can I do this? And when you're basically just giving money away, that kind of disappears a little bit. I know that you can say, oh, well, you'll get the best value here and you get the best value there, but kind of makes it less interesting when you're just talking about, oh, well, fish and chips is $20 at this place, but it's actually $16 at this place. It's kind of like, but when you're talking about dining credits and you're going, but did you know that if you just didn't have breakfast this day then you could use your credit and then maybe go to california grill and and blah blah blah. and then it kind of feels like it kind of also feels like you kind of like well it was free dining (laughs) you kind of feel like you're getting dining for free when you get a credit you, you you feel like you're spending money don't you maybe it's not quite as exciting as the uh you know as using the disney dining plan um so I don't know. I'm 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 unconvinced by it a little bit. I I just kind of think, just bring back free dining. You know, <laughs> I think that would be the best way to do it. I, um, I, I get what I get. I, I I get what you mean when it comes to money being and the handling of money just being quite straightforward and boring, and it doesn't have an air of mystery, like the dining credits did. But then surely that's the same with any kind of monetary value thing like replace money with something else and it becomes more exciting because it doesn't feel like you're dealing with money like um, every dining credit had a monetary value but because it was a a dining credit and you could move it around or whatever and and it wasn't just cash in hand it felt more exciting and different but if you were to still apply the same um the same air of I want to try and find the best bargain for my bark, like you would do with the dining credits and swap things around and use them to, to, to get the best value or to get the deal you wanted. Could the same not be said for finding deals um, amongst the restaurants and working out how to utilize your, your package? I, th- I, th- I think it could be. Yes, it wouldn't be as exciting on face value because it's cash and it's numbers on a card, but I still don't think that, I still, I still think it doesn't take away from the mystery and excitement of bargain hunting around Walt Disney World, you know? I think potentially if you're really into bargain hunting, uh, the flexibility of the plan is probably better for you than, than just the credits. Um, so I think, you know, if you're, you're quite a, a frugal person, it's probably, it's probably something that you could take advantage of and find all sorts of special offers that uh, you can you can spend it on that you'd have otherwise missed. What what does sort of confuse me though is the dining plan. Like they always stamp like menus with dining plan things they always used to. And when I'm watching YouTube videos now, they're still there. Like they still even on new things that they're just launching, they still have dining uh, dining plan stamps like on there. So it looks like they've never dropped the idea. It looks like it, it, it's it's there, it's ready to come back, but they just have never, like, since the pandemic ended, they've just never bought it back. And it's really confusing as to why they've still kept the branding and kept it in a state where they could bring it back very rapidly, but then they just haven't. It's, it's, it's weird. Yeah, I think we'll see. I think we'll see, you know, how well this deal does 
if it doesn't do what they hope for it to do, then maybe they will bring it back. But you know, let's um, let's see. But moving on from Disney World to what was potentially meant to be the Disney World of the UK, which was the London Resort or Paramount, Paramount London, as I think it was originally uh, going to be called. Sounds like uh, obviously last year. Early last year, they withdrew the plans for the park. Uh, they said they were going to potentially come back with some new plans that were going to be scaled back. Uh, but a couple of weeks ago, we were told that the company, the holding company, has gone into administration, um, owing debts of around £100 million, I think, which is unbelievable um, how much money that's been spent already without even you know building anything. Just to put this into context, though, um, what administration means, and they've gone into what's called a company voluntary administration. Administration is basically protection from your creditors. It's completely different to liquidation. It doesn't mean, right, they've gone out of business and and that's it. What it means is, is that they potentially still plan to trade, but they need to restructure the debts that they have. And from the articles that I've read, I think the way that they're looking to restructure that is by uh, the lenders that they've, you know, they've borrowed this hundred million pounds from. They're potentially looking to convert that lending into shares, which means that if lenders are willing to do that, they're obviously still planning to build something that will have some value. So, I would not quite say that London Resort has been cancelled, but it's another step backwards, I would say. Um, This has been going on for a number of years now. We obviously would love to see another theme park in the UK, but the plans that we've seen have always been very vague. The park, I've, I've never seen them engage with you know, the theme park community, I guess, um, which you would have thought they might do to try and cut, sort of create a bit of buzz, maybe get a bit of feedback on, you know, what, what might be the best way to go about things, maybe. Um, so it's always been a bit of a mystery, really. And I feel like it's not really captured the imagination, I would say. When I speak to people about the London Resort, it's always been quite cynical. I don't think um you know people have always been that positive about it they've definitely been people positive about it and i think i've been positive about it you know i definitely want it to happen but a lot of people you speak to will say well i'll you know when it happens you know then i'll i'll see then you know kind of uh kind of way of looking at it so what do you guys think about this do we think this is the last that we'll see of london resort or do we think they'll build something and if so what would that be so I, I think that um, yeah, there are different kinds of of financial you know administration um, setups, and and this potentially isn't a death blow. But if you look at where where the where the site is, I mean, the the not really started doing anything, have they? So to call to call in the financial administrators at this point in its life with basically no assets to the name I, I i'm pretty confident this is a death blow I, I can't see them recovering from from this um and you're right the information has been very scant i i, I can't i you know i, I don't i don't see a, a realistic prospect of this of this happening at this at this point yeah i um i think this is a really really sad I think this is a really, really sad moment because I know it's not the end, as you've said, Ryan, but this really was a beacon of light to show that in the UK, we could have a proper destination park. But just like you've said, Dan, I also agree with that. I think there was an element because we've never had any theme park that was a destination park a destination resort so i'm not talking about your regional parks i'm not talking about um you know your smaller sort of like chessington thought park i'm talking about a mega resort um that used international ips and that was really doing things on a ground scale we have never had anything like that in this country on that scale on that level of european american 
large destination IP-based parks. So I feel like because there's been a lack of that in this country, and we are so used to seeing in the UK parks doing things good, but also just kind of finding their own way and not, not really... Um, not really going for that sense of grandeur when it comes to theming and brands and IPs. Um, I think there was an element of it's all a bit too good to be true. And I think that's where the cynicalness started because it just seemed so otherworldly. When the news came out, I remember specifically, it was the 8th of October or 9th of October, 2012. And I remember because when I was a teenager back then, I used to make like like birthday wishes. And I remember making a birthday wish around my birthday saying I would love like a Universal or a Disney, a mega destination resort in the UK. And obviously imagine my surprise when it got announced that the, the next day. So um, I think it was a fantastic idea. And for a while was so exciting but I think they dragged it out for too long and the information didn't come quick enough. And I think people eventually got less and less excited and stopped believing the hype because when you keep on advertising something over and over and it's nothing happens, there's no progress, then you're going to start losing faith. And I think just generally, as I said, I think for the UK, it was such an alien thing to have on that scale. So what you're saying is that you're responsible for London Resort then. So uh, how are you planning to deal with this £100 uh, million pound debt? You could, maybe you could wish that away, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, Walt Disney said it, right? Anything is possible if you just believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the credit card companies will be uh, quaking in the boots if that were true. <laughs> <laughs> What's your credit limit, Sam? Is it is it 100 mil? Can you, can you how did you guess? One? Yeah, yeah. How did you yeah. guess? <laughs> that, that whole "it's too good to be true" aspect to it, I think that that was sort of always my thought as as well. Like it seemed ideal, it seemed perfect, and and as quite a cynical Brit, I just couldn't see it happening. It, it reminded me. Do you, do you ever hear about that Universal Studios Dubai Island Park uh, debacle, which like they started construction? very early stages that then abandoned it. It sort of reminds me a little bit of, of that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's kind of weird with universal because they, they kind of started big in, in Europe, you know, didn't they, when they, uh, you know, we had Port of Ventura, we still have Port of Ventura, but that was meant to be, you know, universal Europe. And it was kind of very briefly. And then, you know, it, there was a management buyout and Universal kind of stepped away a bit and then it was taken over. Still a really fantastic park is Port of Ventura. There's always been, there's still rumours that Universal could be getting back involved, but it's kind of interesting with Universal. There's been a couple of times when they've kind of gone big on wanting to get involved in something and then kind of disappeared after a year or two. Um you know, so it's a bit of a weird one, really. And and it's with London Resort, it's been weird as well because, you know, we had Paramount announced to be, you know, it was going to be a Paramount Park, then Paramount pulled out, then it was going to be ITV and BBC were going to be IPs, then they pulled out, and then Paramount were back, and then Paramount were not back again. And it's just been a bit of a debacle. So I, I really hope that the UK can, can attract you know, one of these big uh, destination resort businesses. And I think I think Universal uh, Resorts have recently changed their name, which seems to suggest that they're going to be a little bit more outward-facing. So you never know. Could we get a Universal London? You know, could that be something that we might see in the future? I don't know. We can, uh, we can maybe dream and maybe Sam can, can wish for, perhaps. Absolutely, yeah. The uh, I was I'll get wishing right away. It's got to work. <laughs> yeah, get wishing. All right. So from one resort to another, um, 
we've seen the closure of Bollywood Park over in Dubai, which is part of Dubai Parks and Resorts. I think Dubai Parks and Resorts uh, also includes uh, Motion Gate, which I think is really popular uh, park. Also, uh, Legoland, and uh, and I think something else as well. But I'm sure that you'll you'll tell me, Sam. Now, Bollywood, um, it's it's been something that people have said. You know, it's a really beautiful park. Um, you know, it's a really interesting, exciting. Um, I don't know if you'd call it an IP, but it's 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 a theme, I, I guess. Uh, Bollywood. You know, it's really colourful and vibrant, and from the pictures I've seen, it looked beautiful. Not a lot of rides, as far as I could see. I don't know. It had um, a GCI uh, wooden roller coaster. I don't know if that that opened or or not. Um, but what do we think about the closure of Bollywood Park? Has it closed to make way for something else, or does it suggest that it just wasn't popular enough and they've just pulled the plug and maybe we'll just have to wait and see? Um, Sam, you're over in the UAE at the moment. What are the, the whispers telling you at the moment? <laughs> so, yeah, it's really interesting with this one because when the park was originally built, uh, it was built under the pretense of a lot of the expat community are humongous fans of Bollywood cinema, right? Because a lot of the population of um, of expats uh, come from um, India and the surrounding countries where they're, obviously the Bollywood following is, is humongous. So it was built based on that data and that research of this would do really well here. As a park, it is and it was stunning it was beautifully themed it was really really well executed with its entertainment and the the the, the rides although as you say it didn't have too many rides in there the rides that it did have were top top quality uh, dark rides and then throughout the years they've they've added like they added a star flyer and of course bombay express was due to open the 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 gci so um, hey, you know, I'm not an exec at a theme park, so I'm not one to make major business decisions. I'm sure there is a legitimate reason as to why they felt it was the right time to close the park. Um, but it's really sad because it it was great and, and it clearly had a fan base. Um, one thing also that is really interesting is there was something that was being talking about that has been talk, talked about uh, amongst the Dubai, Dubai Parks and Resorts uh, is that they are said to be making a theme park based off the Madrid football team. So it'll be the world's first football theme park. They released um, a, press, a press sort of statement uh, here saying that um, it will be the first of a real Madrid themed experience, um, open at the largest theme park destination in the Middle East. Um, and you can expect everything from uh, museums and rides and football skill games and food and beverage outlets that celebrate um, Madrid's successful history in, in football, um, as well as lots of memorabilia and things. So could we be seeing Bollywood closing to make way for this park, for this new Madrid football-based theme park? Perhaps. Um, we also know that there was... Um, coasters and attractions and things that had been left um so i think there's a couple of mac rides um what the future of those are going to be is again uh, we're not it's not it's not being uh being mentioned anywhere and there's nowhere on the smorgasbord of rumors uh that is commenting on that um but i think it's it's listen when one door closes it closes for a very good reason usually it would never be in a park's best interest to close. So that can only make me think that whatever is coming next is going to be incredible because the one thing that you can learn from Dubai Parks and Resorts is that they don't do things in half. They go, go, go. And they'll put a lot of thought and effort and care into it. So I have no doubt in my mind that whatever is to follow for on from Bollywood will match it and will be great. Um, yeah, it'll be really good. I've also um got a good snippet here that i'm going to pop in from one of my friends out here uh that i have an absolute pleasure to work with 
she used to work at Bollywood. Um, she was a part of the entertainment team. She was um, opening cast, I believe, and she's shared some thoughts uh, with us here on the podcast. So I wanted to play that now. Hiya, my name is Ricky and I worked at Bollywood Parks Dubai um, in the pre-opening cast. So I came over from Australia um, to Dubai to work um, at Bollywood Parks for Dubai Parks and Resorts in 2016. I came over just a few months before opening. I was part of the opening cast and then for the next three years um, I was back and forth between Bollywood Parks and Motion Gate Dubai, as at the time the entertainment team was run over both parks. Um, and when I saw that Bollywood Parks was was really closing for real, I was just so, so surprised and so devastated. People have been saying, uh, and by people I mean, you know, I have had friends and contacts still working at the park um, over the years, and I have heard before about the park closing. Um, but there's so many theme parks here in the UAE and um, they always manage to find funding somehow. So I really, really didn't expect that the park would close. Um, it's such a beautiful park and, and the first one, and I think still to this day after like what, seven years after opening, it's still the only one of its kind in the world, a Bollywood themed park. Um, and, you know, when we opened, it was just so incredible. I was training as a dancer in Australia and I came over to work as a show host in the park. Um, and I had never in my life seen dancers with passion like the opening cast had. Um, it was just incredible to be in a rehearsal hall with them. And, and I really fell in love with the style um, the style of dance and the style of performance. Um, and that was the biggest thing. That was the heart and soul of Bollywood Parks Dubai, you know, like um, we had an incredible team and over the years, a lot of people stayed a long time. Some people came and went um, and there were people there at closing that were still, that, that had been there from the beginning. Um, and I always loved going back and seeing friends and seeing the shows again and, I just wish that they could have saved it. I think they could have um, lowered the ticket price because when I was working there, I mean, the ticket for the park was, um, I mean, cheaper than some of the parks in the region for sure, but upwards of 200 dirham for a day pass. And um, and every now and again, we would have like a special day where tickets would be like 40 dirham or 50 dirham for entrance. And on those days we were like drowning in guests. So it was very clear that it was successful in the region. It was just overpriced. And I wish that someone could have come in and I mean, obviously I don't understand enough about or anything about running a business um, to say whether or not that was a viable choice, but I think it would have, it really could have saved the park from closing. I know they're still planning to rent out the um, Raj Mahal theater, which is like the center of the park for special events. But um, I think it's such a loss to, to lose that beautiful park. And I'm sad that it's closed for good. Cool. So there are just some thoughts from Ricky about Bollywood. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. What do, you, what do you guys think to this? Was it, did, did you expect to see it? Was it a shock when you saw it? What are your, what are your, what are your takeaways? I've, from from my side, I, I maybe I'm in a minority here, but I know very very little about Bollywood Park. I've heard of of it in passing, um, but it, it doesn't seem to to have the the kind of reputation the other parks in the area have, um, and maybe that's because in in our part of the world, Bollywood isn't as big a thing as it is elsewhere. Um, I guess the other thing that confuses me, and I, I, I just don't understand, because Dubai, as you mentioned, Sam, everything's huge. Everything's such high budget and such high quality standards. Um, the, the, you know, the parks that you, you know, you've seen firsthand, the the videos you've taken, what you're, what you're reporting back. It's all, it's all crazy. Um, it, it seems like there's money out there in order to keep a park uh, like Bollywood uh, going. 
un- unless they have other plans. Um, so, it, it, and I don't understand the economy. It seems to me that if they're closing this park, as you, as you mentioned, there'll be a reason for it. And my guess would be something bigger and more spectacular. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see. I guess the other thing I'd mention is just from looking at the the photos and the videos of, of the park, it looks like there are loads of performances. It all looks as though it's, it's very polished and professional or, or was very polished and professional. And I guess the problem with that is that you've got a lot of ongoing costs there with, with you know, people uh, having to man these performances, you know, performers doing, doing their job. Um, maybe the fact that they didn't have many rides maybe that helped influence this decision. Maybe it was quite an expensive park to run as as a result, and maybe that was pushing the ticket prices up. Uh, and maybe outside of 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 what, you know, the, the mainstream Bollywood fans in the area would, would be able to pay. Uh but yeah, it's it's all a bit sad, isn't it? Especially with all these these talented performers to, to all simultaneously lose their jobs. I hope they can uh, they can be supported by other parks in the areas. Yeah, from from what the news items said, um, I think the park is still going to be available for private events, or at least part of the park is. So I guess part of it will live on for the time being. I suppose, I suppose, in my mind, what what we're seeing here is there's obviously a lot of money and a lot of will uh, to invest, and they're obviously making sure that they invest well and build well. But I suppose. In terms of geographic location, there's only so much space that you can use, um, you know, for, for these types of attractions. And I suppose it's probably just come down to a toss up of, well, maybe it's not quite working as well as what we would have liked. So let's pivot to something else. And if that is going to be Real Madrid, then, you know, that may well be uh, the answer. I mean, I was, I was not so sure about the whole Ferrari park idea but that's something that seems to have really kind of captured the imagination and done really well uh, and obviously we've seen it in Spain as well to to a lesser extent so who knows maybe you know Real Madrid is often quoted as being you know the uh, sort of second team or or the foreign team that that you know most people in the world perhaps follow you know perhaps behind well, ahead of, you know, Manchester United and teams like that. But, you know, you could imagine that, you know, if if they did a Manchester United park, I'm sure that would be, you know, as popular as well. So, yeah, let's um, let's see and let's bring it on. And I'm sure that, you know, the, the space won't be wasted, uh, in my opinion. So before we uh, wrap up then, let's just touch on, I think this happened uh, last night as as recording that the uh, Maleficent uh, Dragon at at Disneyland uh, over in California has uh, unfortunately set fire. One of the commentators said, oh no, Mickey's set fire to the dragon. (laughs) And this is actually the second time that we've seen one of the dragons set on fire because we saw the Disneyland Paris uh, dragon uh, set on fire. I think it was a, a year or two ago which is back in action now. But um, what do you think about this? Do you think um, they'll carry on with Fantasmic? I think the shows have been cancelled for now. Um, Do you think they'll be able to just bring the show back and change it? And do you think we'll see any changes to the Disney World version as a result? And Sam's probably going to have a much more uh, well-rounded and educated sort of take on this, uh, being all at the first-hand knowledge he's he's got on on disney uh but from from my perspective disney are are the second biggest purchaser of what explosives in the u.s after the u.s military because of all the fireworks they 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 purchase and when you go to the parks you you understand why that is they've got so many shows so many displays there's fireworks galore it's it's a testament to how thoroughly planned everything is that there aren't more incidents like this. Um, so I, I think, you know, accidents will happen. No one was hurt. Um, I think that's the takeaway. I don't think it'll change Disney's long-term strategy. Uh, and I, I think that, the, you know, as I say, that the fact this type of thing doesn't happen and isn't expected at a Disney park is just, you know, it shows how how well planned everything is. And you'd think maybe at Disney World there's quite a lot more more space and more more room to have displays. So you'd you'd think maybe incidents like this would be easier to avoid. 
um, Disneyland is, is is a little bit more more confined in in terms of the area and the space they have available. So, so maybe that was partially responsible, but I, I don't know. Um, Sam, what are your your thoughts? Yeah, you know, hey, hey, I think we all hold Disney to an extremely high standard naturally they are the best in the business for a reason but even the very best of the best of the best of the best (laughs) still have days where they have accidents and they can't ever imagine something happening um and i think this was one of those uh do i think they handled the situation as best as they could absolutely do i think they could control control this the the eventuality of this happening I don't think they even really saw it coming in the first place, to be honest. Um, and although, yes, we, we joke and say it's the second dragon, the machinery behind both of those dragons and the technology behind them is is, is, is different in the sense of where they're placed, how they move, how they operate. So therefore, the reasonings behind um, how they caught fire and, and, and so on and so forth could be completely different. Now, I don't know any of the ins and outs of how it happened or 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 anything sort of um related to the the sort of incident 24 hours ago um but i think on the surface it's easy to just look at it as a fire and a mistake but actually i think we've got to consider these are two very different dragons um but i don't think it's going to change anything and i think in the most disney way they'll pick themselves up they'll sprinkle a bit of pixie dust over it and the magic will be back before you know it, and it'll be back bigger, better, and safer. Fingers crossed. Let, let's hope so, definitely. Uh, and, yeah, one of the highlights for me uh, when I go to Florida is going to be seeing Fantasmic again. And I know that's a bit different at Disney World. I think it has been uh, upgraded a little bit, and they've changed some of the show. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. So hopefully it doesn't affect it too much. Anyway, um that's been a really good show really good round robin of lots of different news items that have been going on at the moment uh before we close up though um dan do you want to tell people uh where they can find you yeah so um recently we've launched on air at our side it's not just me there's a bit of a group behind me because uh there's a, a few other people involved um but we've launched our first video which is me uh taking my mum on board a small plane and taking off uh the the catch being she didn't know that was going to happen uh, that video went live a few weeks back and we're approaching 3000 views so we've got a, a foot in the door um we need more subscribers so please please uh you know come come find us um like and subscribe and all that uh, and there's more more videos in the works some some quite interesting ones actually um so yeah Perfect. And Sam, where can people find you? Yeah, so you can uh, come say hello on Coaster Sam blog on Instagram. Um, I have tried to keep up with posting and putting blogs out. Um, but at this point, unfortunately, my life is incredibly busy. Uh, so it kind of happens as and when. But um, if you wanted to reach out um, or just talk theme parks or share news bits or if you've got any cool photos or whatever you'd like to do, you can find me on at Coaster Sam blog uh, on Instagram. And we've got reels. We've got a trivia show. Um, I've got my my blog as well as attached to there, as well as just some nice photos. So come and come and uh, come and join in the fun. I don't know that that sounded weird. <laughs> just just a quick shout out to Sam. I was I was reading some of your your blog posts, Sam. They're really good um so yeah big big shout shout out go go read his blogs people yeah you can say that his um i I think there's a word that might describe (laughs) his uh blog post maybe fantastic (laughs) for goodness sake there it is (laughs) there it is and honestly dan i can't wait to um you know full disclosure i've not yet i've not i've followed your instagram but i've not yet watched your on-air club but I'm so excited to see how that pans out. And I'm sure with the time and effort and the uniqueness of, of the product and, and of the, and of what it is, it is going to absolutely soar. In fact, no pun intended, actually no pun intended, but it is going to soar. It's going to do wonderful. Do you think it might take off? There are so many puns, aren't there? I'm, I'm not even going to go down that, that route, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, 
the the beauty is that we can we can do all sorts with it. So I've got a few a few local charities that are doing some amazing causes. Like one of them uh, is a homeless uh, charity in Leeds, and they they basically just go around feeding hundreds of of homeless people. And um, their their CEO seems quite keen to to get up and have a bit of a chat. So that'll be that'll be really interesting. There's there's, there's some really interesting local people that, that it would be great to get up there and and uh, go into a little bit of depth about what they do and how they do it. So that's that's the plan moving forwards. Yeah, I I, I overheard that um, you were trying to get a date with that uh, charity boss to go uh, in your plane, but um, you haven't been able to get a date yet. So I guess you could say the date's still up in the air. Um, oh Christ! <laughs> it's okay. You 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 just have to wing it. <laughs> I, I don't know what to do with these i really don't keep going that's it <laughs> anyway um we've also been working on a, a new website um and dan's been helping me a lot with that um a lot of the uh, technical and background stuff that my brain doesn't do anymore unfortunately um, so if you want to check out what we're doing at the moment, it's at themeparkloopy.com um, and there's some articles on there. And we've got a listen page so you can listen to the podcast if you don't have uh, an app um, or a player. Um, we are going to have some other pages on there. We're going to have a, a meet the presenters page. I'm, I'm still waiting for a headshot from Sam. I've had a headshot from everyone else so far, including Mikey, our ghost host. So I do need that from you at some point, Sam. Otherwise, um, people won't be able to see you on the website. Um, I'll get it to you. I'll get it to you ASAP. Good, good. Um, and we're also going to have a, a We Recommend page as well. So we're going to include Coaster Sam blog and the On Air Club on there, plus My Haunted Hotel and Scare Track and the other people that we know and love maybe um charlie's go theme park as well so we'll have um you know lots of links and things on there so we're just going to keep adding to it um keep writing things and um and yeah so check it out at themeparkloopy.com but anyway um thanks for listening today it's been really good and we'll see you again real soon <laughs>